Maintaining Faith Along With My Husband As told by Elsa Abbott While he was in Sachsenhausen, Harold was occasionally permitted to write a letter of just five lines. There was stamped on it. Because he continues to be a stubborn Bible student, the privilege to carry on normal correspondency has been denied. That stamp was always an encouragement to me, for it showed that my husband was remaining firm in the faith. One day, in May 1942, I returned from work and found the Gestapo waiting for me. They searched the house, then ordered me to get my coat and go with them. Our little daughter, Juta, went up to one of the Gestapo, an unusually, an unusually tall man. Tugging his pant leg, she said, Please leave my mommy here. Since he did not react, she went around to the other side of his leg and pleaded, Please leave my mommy here. This made him uncomfortable, so he sternly said, Take this child away. Take her to bed too, and her clothes. Sorry. Take this child away. Take her bed too, and her clothes. She was given to another family in the building. The door was sealed and I was taken to the Gestapo headquarters. There I saw many other witnesses who had been arrested that day. We had been betrayed by a person who had pretended to be a witness and who had won our confidence. When the Gestapo questioned us about the whereabouts of our mimeograph machine and the identity of one taking the lead in carrying on the underground preaching work, I pretended not to know anything. We were then thrown into prison. <clears throat> Our unshakable fate frustrated the Gestapo. Once, during an interrogation, an officer came toward me with clenched fists. What are we going to do with you people? He exclaimed. If we arrest you, you don't care. If we send you to prison, you don't care one bit. If we send you to the concentration camp, it doesn't worry you. When we sentence you to death, you just stand there unconcerned. What are we going to do with you? After six months in prison, I, along with 11 other Christian sisters, was sent to Auschwitz, the infamous extermination camp. Different and respected. First, we were taken to Birkenau, one of Auschwitz subsidiary camps. When one SS officer found out that we were there because we were Bible students, he said, if I were you, I would sign the paper and go home. If I had wanted to sign, I could have done so before, I responded. But you will die here, he warned. I told him I am prepared for that. Later, we had to have our pictures taken and were to fill out forms and questionnaires. While waiting in a line that passed through the medical center, two doctors, also prisoners, were observing the arrivals. One doctor had been in the camp much longer than the other. I overheard the other one say to the younger, can you always recognize the Bible students? No, sorry. You can always recognize the Bible students. Oh yes, young. The younger doctor replied, a little incredulous. Well then, show me in this group which one is a Bible student. I was 
just then moving past them in the line and they could not see my violent sorry about that interruption back to the reading I was just then moving past them in the line and they could not see my violet triangle yet pointing to me the older doctor said this is a bible student the younger one came around looked at my triangle and exclaimed you're right how did you know well these people look different he said you can just tell them apart it was true we did look different we walked upright not stooped down depressed our gaze was always straight ahead we looked at the other person openly and freely we were there as witnesses for jehovah's name that is why we had a different bearing and other recognized that we 12 sisters were in burkina only a few days then we were taken to auschwitz to work in the homes of the ss officers they wanted only jehovah's witnesses for that they were afraid to have others working in their homes. They knew that we would not try to poison them. We were honest and, would and wouldn't steal or try to escape. Life and death in Auschwitz. For some time, we all lived within the concentration camp, along with other prisoners in the basement of a large brick house. The time came to give us our work assignments. Who wants to work where? we were asked but we did not speak up oh you're so proud the woman overseer said no we're not proud my girlfriend answered but wherever you put us we shall work there and this was always our policy we did not want to choose our workplace for we were praying to jehovah for his guidance if we were put in a place that turned out to be difficult we could then turn and ask jehovah Jehovah, now please help us. My assignment was to work for an SS officer who lived outside the camp. My job was to clean his house, help his wife with the cooking, care for their child, and shop in town. Only Jehovah's Witnesses were trusted to leave the camp without guards. Of course, we always wore the striped prison uniform. After a while, we were allowed to live where we were instead of returning to the camp at night. I slept in the SS officer's basement, but we were not really considered persons. For example, when the SS officer called me to his office, I had to stand at the door and say, custody prisoner number 24402, ask permission to enter. And after receiving his instructions, I was supposed to say, Custody prisoner number 24402 requests to leave. Our names were never used. As in other camps, spiritual food in the form of the Watchtower and other publications regularly found its way into Ashwich. I even received letters from Harold. This is how regular communications were established with Jehovah's Witnesses from outside. Some of our group, including my friend Gertrude Ott, were assigned to work in a hotel where the families of SS men lived. One day, Gertrude was washing windows when a couple of women walked by, and without looking up, one said, We are Jehovah's Witnesses too. Later, when they came back, Gertrude said to them, Go to the bathroom. There they met and talked, 
and from then on they arranged other such meetings to smuggle in precious Bible literature and other communications. We were thankful to Jehovah for his guidance and protection during those years in Auschwitz, especially since we knew that the most horrible things imaginable were happening. Whole shipments of Jews were arriving and being sent straight to the gas chambers. I once nursed a woman overseer at the camp who had worked in the gas chambers and she told me what was going on there. People were herded into a room, she explained, and on, and on the door to the next room is a sign to the bathroom. They were told to undress. Entirely naked, they got into the bathroom, in quotations. The door is locked behind them, but gas instead of water comes out of the shower heads. That sh what she had seen there had affected her emotionally to the extent that she had become physically ill. The Other Camps and Liberation Beginning in January 1945, Germany suffered defeat after defeat on the Eastern Front. In an effort to evacuate the concentration camps, many of us were moved from one camp to another. After marching two nights and two days towards the Gross-Rosen camp, several sisters were too exhausted to continue. What a relief when, one of, when on the third night, we were finally permitted to lie down in a crowded barn. The only food we had on the whole trip was the little bread we had been able to take along. None of us felt we could survive another day's march. But then something happened that was so extraordinary that I shall never forget it. As we started out the next day, an SS doctor for whom I had once worked saw us and he began shouting, Bible students out! Bible students out! Then he told me, make sure that we have all of you. So 40 of us sisters were taken to a station and arrangements were made to transport us by train. It seemed like a miracle to us. The trains were overcrowded and three of us somehow missed the stop going on to Breslau, which is in, in Poland. We got off there and were given directions to get to the camp. When we arrived at the gate, the guards laughed and laughed and finally said, only Jehovah's Witnesses would come here of their own accord. But we knew it would have meant trouble for our sisters if we hadn't returned to the camp. We were in Gross Rosen only two weeks, and then we were transported to the Matsassen camp near Linz in Austria. <coughs> Conditions there were dreadful. Just too many people were herded together. Food was scarce and we didn't even have straw to sleep on, only wooden boards. After a short time, we were on the move again to the Bergen Blessing Camp near Hanover, Germany. One of our sisters died en route. Due to the wretched conditions in the camp, many of our sisters who had survived the transport up until this point now died. About 25 for our group were taken to yet another camp, a secret one called Dora Nordhausen. <clears throat> Originally, this was a camp for men only, 
but recently some prostitutes had been taken there. However, the camp commandment made it clear to the women overseer that we were of a different sort. We had to we had it better at Dora Norenhausen. A brother worked in the prisoner's kitchen and he saw to it that we had some decent food to eat. By then, the end of the war was near. Arrangements were made to transport us to a place near Hamburg. For the trip, I was given a can of meat and some bread, but the men did not receive anything. A Polish brother was very sick, so I gave him my food ration. Later, he told me that this had saved his life. En route, we met the American soldiers and we were freed. The SS men put on the civilian clothes they had brought along and hid their weapons and fled. The war was ending. When Harold and I found each other about a month later, it was so extraordinary. We just hugged each other for the longest time. It had been five long years since we had been separated. More trials and blessings. When we returned home, we found this message on the door. Juta Abbott lives here. Her parents are in the concentration camp. How good it was to be home and safe, especially was it satisfying to know that we had been faithful to Jehovah. My years in, in German concentration camps taught me an outstanding lesson. It is how greatly Jehovah's Spirit can strengthen you when you are under extreme trial. Before I was arrested, I had read a sister's letter that said that under severe trial, Jehovah's Spirit causes a calm, a calmness to come over you. I thought that she must have been exaggerating it a bit. But when I went through trials myself, I knew that what she had said was true. It really happens that way. <clears throat> it's hard to imagine it if you have not experienced it. Yet it really helped happen to me. Jehovah's helps. What helped me in my separation from my daughter was Jehovah's instruction to Abraham to sacrifice his son. Jehovah did not really want him to kill Isaac, but he wanted to see Abraham's obedience. In my case, I thought Jehovah does not require that I sacrifice my child, only that I leave her. This is nothing in comparison to what he asked Abraham to do. Juta has remained faithful to Jehovah all these many years, for which we are very happy. The faithfulness of my husband has always been a joy and strength to me. I just have to love and respect him for such faithfulness to Jehovah, and we have been richly rewarded as a result. End of reading.